Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks for joining us. I'm Paul Dottino. He is former Giants linebacker Jonathan Casillas. So glad you could join us today. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football at 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also go to Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. You'll also be able to find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere at Giants.com slash podcast. Jonathan, we actually have some hard news this morning. The Giants, who waved Tay Crowder late yesterday, have brought him back to the practice squad, and his spot on the 53-man roster is now going to be taken by Landon Collins, who has, in fact, been promoted from the practice squad. He had already used up his three activations last weekend, and now he is on the 53 once again. I think that's good news, right? That's good news for, of course, Landon Collins. I think that's good news for the Giants. Landon Collins was an all-pro player at one point. Maybe not at the position that they're going to play him at majority of the time nowadays. But he's a little bit older. He may be a little bit heavier than he was when he was younger in his bit. career. You know, but he's a great tackler. When I played with with, with uh, Landon Collins, I was, of course, the weak side linebacker. He was a free safety. And we were always kind of on the same side. When he used to hit people... Oh my gosh, Paul. I was, I'll be fitting the guy up and I'll just hear, bow. And I look, it's 21. <laughs> Man, he can bring it. You know, so, you know, let's, let's, let's see if he's got a full grasp of this defense. I think that's why he wasn't playing as much as we thought he should have played because they didn't trust him as much as maybe the other guys that have been here since training camp and that understand the playbook a little bit more. Wink Martindale uh, said he did play well the other day in the game against Washington. In fact, I can recall, in particular, there were two stops that he made in the box. One was a critical third down stop that forced Washington to punt the football. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that these leaders need to do. They need to step up in big spots and make plays, force the ball out of the other team's hands. And and Collins, to me, Jonathan, and you'd have to address this more than I can because you were a teammate of his, but... He's the kind of guy who, when I know he's on my team and he's in the trenches with me, I know I can trust him. I know he's going to be accountable and responsible. And he's the kind of guy who, when he makes a play, 
kind of gets everybody else's juices going. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's a playmaker. You know, he. I think his rookie year he had like five sacks, four interceptions, or four sacks, mm-hmm. five interceptions, whatever the case is. He's been a playmaker since Alabama, since before he was no even, doubt. even playing college football. The guy can play, you know, and I think they question his coverage ability at times, but he, I don't think he has problems covering running backs and tight ends, which I think he's going to do most of the time playing at that position that they have met on the Wings Mar- Mar- Martindale's defense. And look, they need guys that they trust. They need playmakers. They need guys that can tackle. The Giants are a really good tackling team, and I think adding Landon Collins to that bunch is going to increase that a lot more. And remember, this Giants team, which is still pointed toward a playoff berth, they haven't clinched anything yet, they could use as many playoff-experienced guys in the lineup as possible. Absolutely. Now, Jonathan, you've won Super Bowls before. You know, you've been to numerous playoff appearances. You've also been on some teams that didn't go to the playoffs. It is important to have guys who have tasted the postseason. A hundred percent. You know, that's the thing. The experience factor, the trust factor, that's there. And then the the more and more you have, the more and more guys you have like that, the more and more older guys you have like that, that have that experience and that leadership ability, I think that bodes well for this team. Look, this game, they talked about last week playing against the Commanders was the most important game of the Giants season. But the thing is, when you're making that playoff push, Paul, Every game after a certain time becomes more and more important. So don't get it twisted. This is the biggest game of the season. I don't care what the the commanders were last week and what we thought that game was. This is the biggest game of the year. And when you're making that playoff push, that's what happens, especially when you you didn't clinch a playoff spot yet. And that's where the Giants are at. They're playing a playoff team, the Vikings, who sit at the number two seed, and they've got to see if they can go into Minnesota and pull out a dub. Because Minnesota, look, they were down last week, and they pulled off the biggest biggest comeback in NFL history because that's how explosive this offense is. No doubt. No doubt. They don't need to have the ball in their hands a lot to come up with big plays. That's just the nature of what they do. Kirk Cousins, let's talk about him for a second because you faced him. Yep. Okay? It's not like – In college, too. Did, did you play in college? Yep. Okay, because I was going to mm-hmm. say he's not that that far removed yep. from the time that you were on the field. Let's talk about Cousins for a second because one of the reasons that that people look at him and say maybe he's not quite the top of the ladder, despite some big fantasy football numbers, he holds the ball a lot. Yep. He will turn the ball over. Yep. And he will also take a lot of sacks. These are things that... You can watch the first half of the last game. Yeah, right? And all of those things, check, 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 all the things that you just said. All right, so how does this play into the Giants' hands? Well, look, if... First of all, the Giants' defensive front is the strong point of the team. I've been saying that week in and week out, and they had to make plays. They showed up big time last week. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz, been since he's been healthy, he's been a constant contributor on yes. that side, getting pressures and sacks. Dexter Lawrence all year. Leo Williams, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the better D tackles, especially on this team. They love his leadership. I think they 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 all you know kind of surround him when he's making plays, and that's this type of team. This team is it's a younger team. They, they go off with momentum, and I look at the Vikings in a similar fashion. The reason why they were down last week, look, they didn't get their butts kicked on certain – they got their butts kicked all around, not just they did. one side of the ball. It was a collective effort. Uh, the block pump for a touchdown. It was a pick six early in, in that game. So all throughout the game they were losing because of momentum. 
Momentum is a huge thing in the NFL. And that it goes for every game, every every series, and throughout the season. Now, both of these teams have momentum coming off of their last win. Huge wins. Big wins. Huge wins for both organizations. Playoff pushing teams. Teams that are playing meaningful games of the summer, which the Giants have been preaching for the last month and a half. And and we're going to see who starts this game fast. Most importantly, who finishes this game. The Giants have done a good job in the beginning of the season finishing games. Some games that we probably thought they couldn't win. They have done a good job in finishing. The Vikings have done a good job in finishing games that they had no chance of coming back and winning, like we saw last week. So we're going to see who starts fast and who can finish this game. And I got my money on the Giants for sure. Well, let's give you some numbers here, okay? So the Vikings are 11-3. and They are 10-0 in one-possession games and have pulled out seven wins in the fourth quarter. The Giants, who are 8-5-1, as we all know, are 8-2-1 in one-possession games and have pulled out five fourth-quarter victories. So in some ways, these teams are kind of similar Mm -hmm. in that they love to play dramatics. Yeah, it is. They love (laughs) to give people like me agita, okay? (laughs) This this is not a good fourth-quarter recipe for guys like me who have very, very sensitive stomachs, okay? (laughs) But, But I will tell you this, okay? Kirk Cousins... With his 11 interceptions and his five fumbles, all right, that's 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 not a good recipe. There's one thing about the Vikings is that their quarterback does have a propensity to turn the ball over, especially if you get to him. So that's one way the Giants can help themselves. But now here's the problem. You look at a guy like Jefferson, who arguably is the most dangerous wide receiver in football. I'm a big Jamar Chase guy out of Cincinnati, but Jefferson uh, certainly could be number one. Now, If you were trying to diagram Wink Martindale's defense, Jonathan, understanding that you could get to Cousins, sack him five, six. Look, he's been sacked seven times before this season. It's happened, okay? I think twice he's already been sacked seven times. Three times, I'm sorry. Three times he's been sacked seven times. Twice, twice. I'm sorry, twice, twice. I'm mixing up my numbers. Last weekend against Dallas. Right. And also against Indianapolis and Dallas. That's right. That's right. Okay, here's the point. No matter how many times you get to Cousins, and even if you force him to turn it over, all he needs is one possession to get it to Dalvin Cook, who took a 64-yard little dump-off screen for a touchdown, or can chuck it to Jefferson, who's going to outgun everybody for the ball and go 75 yards on a catch-and-run touchdown pass. So how do you guard against their potential explosiveness even if you dominate the trenches and can get heat on the quarterback. I would say the simple recipe was to be double-team Justin Jefferson. I think that's probably the go-to for every defensive coordinator. But then we we did above the numbers the other day and below the numbers, and you had Adam, Th- Adam Thielen there, who's a tremendous wide receiver. Medium-range threat. Possibly a number two in this offense. But if you watch last week's game against the Indianapolis Colts, K.J. Osborne, he took over the game. That catch that he had over the show that wasn't ruled a catch would have been one of the most amazing catches I've ever seen. But he bobbled the ball a little bit. Yeah. 16 targets, 10 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. He's really good. So it's like, do we double Justin Jefferson and allow the number two and three receivers to beat the Giants? That's very, they, they're very capable to do that. 
We should, seen should it. we throw Hawkinson into this conversation? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even get to him yet. Okay. But they're very explosive. Dalvin Cook, you can put him and Saquon in that same you know, book as tremendous running backs, very explosive, yards after catch, receiving the ball out the backfield, three down backs, can basically do it all, can return the football probably if they wanted to. Oh, you yeah. Know, tremendous back. So, look, this, this offense is tremendously explosive. But what you have to do, I think – is allow your four-man rush to get there as much as possible. You want to have as much guys trying to tackle these wide receivers and these explosive running backs as possible. You don't need people past the line of scrimmage. So the Giants, who lead the league in, in blitz percentage mm-hmm. at about 45%, you're saying you wouldn't do that as much. You're going to go against Wink's grain and pull back. Look, I'm not trying to go against Wink. I just feel like in playing this offense, if you can successfully get to Kirk Cousins with four man down. That'd be great. That means you have seven guys trying to tackle these explosive receivers and running backs and tight ends on the back side on the back end. I think you'll bode well a lot more. This is a at times, this offense is the best offense in the NFL. At times. Mm-hmm. At times. Like mm-hmm. last week in the second half, no question, best offense in the NFL. And then you watch the Dallas game, and they didn't do a, a damn thing that game, especially later in the game. You know, so this is an up and down type of offense. What you want to do is jump on them early, keep them down, and then have Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ajalari just wreak havoc for the rest of the game. Here's what's interesting. The Vikings have given up more quarterback hits than any offensive line in football, 116 quarterback hits, okay? Now, by comparison, just so you understand, the Giants have only given up 94, and that's a lot. Yep. But 116 by Minnesota's offensive line. That is the most in the league. So what you say does hold some water, Jonathan. It is not impossible to think that the Giants' four-man front, playing together for only the second time this year, of Lawrence and Williams in the middle and Ojolari and Thibodeau on the edges, could wreak a bunch of havoc on their own without necessarily getting extra pressure. Now, Ingram uh, from LSU, who is the uh, the left guard for the um, the right guard, I'm sorry, the right guard for the Vikings, has allowed an NFL-leading nine sacks this year. And O'Neal, their right tackle, has given up four sacks. So to me, that means Leonard Williams and Ojolari mm-hmm. really have the most favorable matchup on the offensive line. Yeah, and look... You- these guys on the defensive line for the New York Giants, they're young, they're prideful, and they want to be on Sports Center. <laughs> they want to be on Sports Center making plays. What did Kayvon say? He is primetime. What did he say? Primetime yeah, loves yeah. him. Primetime is him. Primetime yeah, is him. Primetime yeah. loves him. Whatever yeah, exactly. the case is. Right. He knows how big this game is. Oh, he does. You know, and, and whatever does. preparation he's had leading up, especially the last game, the Commanders game, which he had a tremendous game, he's turned that up this week. I think they all understand the importance of, like they said, like I said, they said, they've been spe- uh, talking about playing meaningful games in December. They've lost the first couple. Now they won one. Now they have a chance to win another one. Okay. And if, if this ain't more meaningful than this game, what's more meaningful than this game, Paul? Folks, 201-939-4513. I'll get to you in just a minute, but I need to ask you this. Kayvon Thibodeau is black and blue and aching all over. I bet he is. <laughs> He played a college-high 13 games as a rookie at Oregon. He's already passed that now with the Giants. I want to take you back to your rookie season. Mm -hmm. What is it like for a rookie in this league 
who is still experiencing things for the first time, who now has to break through that rookie wall and play snaps that he never imagined he would play in a season before. You always hit that rookie wall. Like you said, 13 games. I think the most I played was 12 games if, when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're leading up to the draft, you got basically your junior season, you got your training camp or you're going into your senior year, you got your senior year, and then after that, you do not take a break. There's no break at all. Because after that, you play in some type of senior bowl game or then or, or combine or both. Mm -hmm. You do both probably. I don't know what Kayvon did, but exactly. I don't know if he performed at the combine. He I don't know if he played in the play senior bowl. in the bowl game. But you're still prepping. You're prepping for the draft. You're getting in shape. Yeah. There's no break. There's it's no been a vacation. long year for him is what Absolutely. you're saying. And then you come in and training camp. And then now you you can't miss a step. OTAs, training camp, and then he got hurt. So now he's trying to deal with – he's been playing football basically for the last 16 months, straight, no break. So is there any concern that his gas tank could be low? Yes, there is a concern. But when I watch him play, I think he's a guy that feeds off adrenaline, that feeds off the moment. And like I said, this, this is a huge moment, and I don't think he's going to miss that. And I remember, go back to my rookie year, I think it was either the first round or the second round of the playoffs when I was playing for the Saints. Uh, my linebacker coach, Joe Vitt, said, how you feeling? I said, like, but I feel great. Okay. But I feel great. But I feel great. Because it's not about physically how you feel during the week. Look, later in my career, I was beat to crap later in my career. My neck, my wrist, elbow, whatever the case was. During the week, you struggle. But on game day, whatever I need to do to get ready for that game, I'm doing it because once I'm out there and they sing the national anthem, I think we talked about this before the games when I'm watching the games with you now, I'm turned up and I'm ready to it's go. Time. It's time. And I don't care what my body feels like because my, my mental is a lot stronger than my physical. And I think most guys in the NFL that have success, they are that way. So yeah, they could be beat up all week. Maybe they don't practice, and we're watching the, the you know, the, the game, uh, the, the the injury report did not practice. DNP right did not practice, and then all of a sudden they get to the game and they play lights out because they're gamers. Right. And I think Kayvon's a gamer. I think Aziz Ojalari's a gamer. Dexter Lawrence is a gamer, and I like to say that about those guys on the defensive line because when you look at the Giants history and the tradition of the Giants, it's led by the defensive line, and these guys are stepping up big time this year. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. No question about that part of it. All right, we will talk a little bit more about the Vikings defense later on, but I do want to get to uh, some phone calls. And by the way, folks, the Giants Huddle podcast 
uh, is a very big deal. We've got all kinds of things on that particular program, including uh, previews with uh, one of our analysts. We've got an episode at midweek featuring an interview uh, with a analyst. There's also uh, there's a game preview featuring uh, one of the current Giants players, as well as a national media member. Of, of, of course, in this particular case, it'll be from the Vikings. You'll get Bob Papa's sit-down exclusive uh, with uh, Brian Dayball. It's everything you could ask for. Search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platforms or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcasts. And finally, understand this, there are still tickets available for the uh, Giants game against the Colts at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are still left remaining, uh, and that will be the final home game of the season because even if the Giants make it as a wildcard team, they will have to be on the road. So that would be your last chance to come here and scream your brains out for Big Blue. And then finally, you can go to Giants.com slash tickets to find your game and secure your seat. And the official Giants app connected uh, to, to TV is called Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV. And the Giants mobile app. I wanted to get through that stuff very quickly so that we could get to your calls. 201-939-4513. Let's go to line one, Pearson. Let's get this thing on the road and we go to Ron from New Jersey. Hi, guys. Pleasure Hi. speaking to you. I've, I've called before but never have the pleasure of speaking to either of you. And, Paul, we're contemporary, so I really love the references to Parcells and those teams. Appreciate it. You, you guys have been talking about defense, and so my question is, uh, first, a quick observation. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm no scout. But Thibodeau, I feel, like you just said, Jonathan, he, he's an animal out there. And I have found up to about two weeks ago, two games ago, he kept missing by a half a step. Over and over, he just missed. And, frankly, I was actually going to call to say, does that mean he's on the brink of getting there? Um Oh, he's getting there now. (laughs) Here's what my question is. So we we talk a lot, your fans call about the offense having to mix things up and let's throw some plays out we haven't seen before as the season goes on. There's a lot of talk about that with Washington. Do you think the same thing applies with defense? Do you you go with just what what happens, what's worked? And in particular – I don't know if you, Paul, I might have this wrong, but I think it was against Baltimore where our front defensive line kept shifting. And I realize guys do that a lot, but almost every play, they would all jump to the right, they'd all jump to the left. Wink did that specifically against the Ravens to cause them mega confusion. And it it worked big time. It did. And I thought it worked, but I don't think I've seen it again. Uh, Am I missing that? No. Wink has so, such a large bag of tricks. I, I call it the kaleidoscope defense <laughs> because you never know what you're going to get or what you're going to see. And every week he's got something a little bit different for that opponent because of the particular matchup. So that was something he certainly wanted to use against Baltimore. Is it something that he wants to use against another team? And maybe we just haven't seen that team yet. I can't tell you. Jonathan, I, okay. you know, we, we sat there. Uh, Jonathan and I sit together during the first half of the games in the box, and we were just like laughing at how Baltimore was flummoxed yeah. by what Wink was doing. Big time. You know, but I that's, agree. That's what you want to see. You want to see a, a defensive coordinator that's not only sticking to his guns, but he's innovative and he's creative because that's how you you catch an offense off guard. Uh, and, and I think you saw that last week from Indianapolis. 
and they were hitting him in the mouth early, mixing it up offensively and defensively. And I just spoke to uh, uh, Wink at lunch the other day, and he told me about Indianapolis. They stopped being aggressive. So, with that being said, the Giants are not they're not going to okay. they're so not going to stop it. That blitz is coming out. Yeah. Just so you know, it's coming out. That's but exactly that, but, what that means. But, but but you know, the funny part about it is and and Jonathan can, can answer this even better than I can, when you start getting a player to think, mm-hmm. that 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 is where stuff gets messed up because it right. either delays them or gets them confused or gets them second-guessing themselves, 100%. and that's when players stop making plays. 100%. And when I talk to guys, like young guys, I'm training young guys, and even my daughter, when I'm talking about basketball, like you, it has, you have to do it so much that not that you do it right, but that you can't do it wrong. You know, and so it's, it's repetitive over and over and over again, so you're not thinking about it. Because like you said, once you're thinking, once you're sitting there thinking about what's going on in front of you instead of because defensively you react to basically everything. Right. But if you got to think about what's going on in front of you, you're a half a second slow. And I'm telling you, a half a second equals like 10 yards in the NFL. And that's, that's what well, Wink does. He forces offensive linemen, think. quarterbacks. He forces the other team's offense to think. And that's a big part of why his defenses are so good. Yep. Which, by the way, real quick, Tom Coughlin's book, which I don't know if you guys have gotten to yet. I have. I'm about three-quarters of the way through. I have not. He talks about he talks about on a couple of plays where they didn't get to Brady, but it got him thinking. It's mm-hmm. exactly what you guys are talking about. No question. About. So Thanks for right the call, on. my man. Hey, thank, thank you. Happy, Happy holiday, holiday, for Happy sure. Happy holidays, brother. 201-939-4513. Let's quickly go back to line two. Dylan, you're next on BBKL. Hello. Hi, Paul Jonathan. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. What's going on? Hi. Uh, well, I, I agree with, I think earlier Jonathan was talking about um, how much the Giants split, and obviously they're uh, first in the league with that. And um, the one thing I used to be kind of nervous about because I would see them blitz so often and I was worried about giving up the big play. And I think I'm still a little nervous about that for this week, but um, despite not having a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney, I think that with the Giants blitzing now, I feel like they have, you know, with those Ojalari making his way back, now you have Landon Collins in there. I think now they have better pieces to blitz. And I think with Wink Martindale, it's more of trusting their guys getting there rather than trusting the guys in the back end to possibly save the big play if they don't get there, you know what I mean? It goes hand-in-hand, though. It goes hand-in-hand. Go ahead, continue. Yeah. And so, I'm, you know, obviously with all the weapons, I'm I'm a little nervous for it, but I do think just the way the Giants have been getting to the quarterback lately, you know, and with Ojolari and Kayvon, I think they bounce off each other really well. Um, I think that's kind of promising for them, and – I think it's just honestly just giving up the big play to the wide receivers like Justin Jefferson and even TJ Hawkinson over the middle. Um, But the one question I did have, um, and I'm sure, Paul, you get this question a lot, and I haven't been able to call in this season very often, but um, my biggest question is since the Giants only took, I think, three shots of over 15 yards last week, they have one wide receiver on that roster that, you know, is, in your terms, a skyscraper wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. um, has one snap last week, and obviously the Giants want to take more shots. I guess kind of what's 
what's going on with with Galladay and um, and is, does he not fit the scheme or because I know he has talent, but I, I just don't I don't understand I guess why he's not utilized more. You and I are in the same boat. No, I've, I think that's the question that everybody wants to know the answer to. I, I've told Jonathan many times during the season, in my 40 years of covering the Giants, that is the biggest mystery that I have ever bumped into. I have absolutely no idea why Kenny Galladay is not being given another chance with this wide receiver room, as pedestrian as it is, why they can't find some way to spark that 1,000-yard receiver to get back to what he does best. I, I don't understand it. I will tell you two things. As far as I know, he's healthy. Uh, I do believe it's psychological because at practice every day, Kenny Galladay works his butt off. So let me just assure you, it's not because he's lazy and he doesn't care and he's quit on the team. That could not be further from the truth. And I know there is some narratives out there by some announcers who believe that. I'm sorry. I'm at practice every day. I see, I see the extra work he puts in every single day. He is not lazy. He is not a dog, and he does care. Why it's not happening, yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel bad for him because I think we've all had a bad day that leads into a bad week, that leads into maybe a bad month. I think that's what's happening to him. He had maybe a bad day or two, or even, and that could be even from last year, where he questions himself or questions, you know, uh, the universe or God or something, you know? And then all of a sudden it snowballs on you. And then all of a sudden you end up in this place, this sunken place, and you're like, how do I get out of here? So you try to spend extra time working and doing all those things and then it, it doesn't work again. And then he needs something. He needs something to happen. He, he needs does. to play a big catch, a touchdown and to get him out of this. And we're not talking about a 35-year-old receiver. Right. He's, he still yeah. should be in he's his prime. 29? Is I he, mean, he's under 30. Like yeah, under he's 30. under 30. There's no excuse and, for him not to produce. I feel bad because I feel like he's in this sunken place, in this rut, and there's nothing like anybody can really do about it unless there's circumstance and maybe a little bit of luck there and maybe a nice ball thrown to him, maybe a, a blown coverage, whatever it is, that get him out of this sunken place because – Let's be real, the Giants signed him for a reason. And it yeah. wasn't a bad signing when it happened. 2,000-yard campaigns in a Pro Bowl. In, That's why they signed him. In hindsight, him. you look at him and be like, okay, that was a terrible signing because of the lack of production. But I'm telling you, I, we've all been there where we had bad days, bad weeks, bad months. I think he's had a bad time the entire time he was here in New York. I don't know what caused it, but he's in a sunken place right now, and he's trying to find his way out. And I'll tell you what, if he does, that would be really good news for the Giants. How would you like to see that maybe in the wild card game? Man, I'm about to see this oh. week. Why we got to wait that long, Paul? All right, well, we've waited long enough. Jeez. But, hey, if if somehow, some way he can break through that curtain and all of a sudden be the Kenny Galladay that he was in Detroit and just do that one time in a big spot, it could do so much for this team because yep. they desperately need an infusion of, of help in that wide receiver room. Uh, before we go to the next call, real quick, I want to ask you about the other side of the ball. What will the Giants do against this Viking defense? You know that Barkley's got to have a big game. You know they'll probably use not only the run game, but the short pass like they did last week against Minnesota. The Vikings play a ton of zone, okay? Zadarius Smith and Nagakwe are a couple of their real premier pass rushers. But in the, in the defensive backfield, even though they play soft coverage and they'll give you a lot of room to throw stuff in front of them, They've got guys, Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith's a six-time Pro Bowler who's already got five picks this year. Playmaker. 
uh, you're not kidding. He's a ball hawk. It can be pretty dangerous if if your receivers don't live up to the playbook because there are guys in that secondary, despite the fact that they've given up a billion yards, who can make plays. Yeah, look, this is – I think we could collectively say this for the Vikings when you look at this roster, especially defensively. This is the biggest underachieving group in the NFL. You know, they're like 31st overall. They're dead last against the pass. Like, they're not doing good defensively, and they have guys. They have dogs. Daniel Hunter, beast. Zadarius Smith, beast. Everybody know about Patrick Peterson. You just spoke about Harrison Smith. And their linebackers, Kendricks and, and, and was it Jordan Smith? Jordan yeah. Hicks, Jordan Hicks. They're playmakers. Now, does Andre Patterson, being the former defensive line coach for the Vikings, now the defensive line coach for the Giants, does that help the Giants' protection schemes? Possibly, yes, given that the, he understands the, like, the weaknesses, the flaws, and what teams can do against certain, certain guys that he was around for. I don't know how long he was there for, but for a certain amount of time. So he understands their weaknesses and how to attack them. Maybe he understands that they don't think that quickly like we talked about thinking and maybe you move around a little bit and do some stuff with that tight end move the tight end around and kind of get them thinking a little bit because that's what you don't want you don't want these guys thinking and I'm talking about offensively defensively for both sides the Giants and the Vikings you want to just go out there and play fast the thing is and I love the way the Giants attacked the commanders last week and kind of gave them a different range of things they featured Saquon but not just the running back Saquon but also Saquon the wide receiver and I think they had tremendous success doing that and I expect that to carry over to this week just keep this defense off balance don't allow them to kind of sit and wait and know it and anticipate what you're doing on first and second down and then also get into unmanageable third downs for the Giants and then have these tremendous pass rushers Sedarius Smith is a beast he's been a beast and I think you can see his how good he is because you take him away from Green Bay, and Green Bay is struggling right. without him. And he'll line up all over the field. All over the field, and he's he's a he's a guy who understands the game, who understands how how, how penalties work, and that it can get your your guys to jump off sides. Because this is a loud stadium that the Giants are playing in. So defensively, they'll have the upper edge with that fan, uh, the fan base being on their side, right. and the fan base going crazy. It's so loud in that in that arena, and you can hear it. Every week you can hear that terrible skull, skull. Paul, we just talked about this. I played up there and it was like 10 degrees and I hated every time they did that damn thing. But that's what the Giants don't want them to do. They want to mimic what the Colts did last week and have them booing the home team at home in the first half. You know what's more annoying? The stupid hail to the papa. <laughs> and you know what? They still kept the damn theme. Yeah. Even though they don't say that old nickname right, anymore, right, right. they still play the damn song. <laughs> Boy, did that tick me off the other night. <laughs> I love Paul. I love this. When Schmelk said he was gonna, I was going to be on Paul, I said, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> now, now, you know, but Patterson did spend eight years as an assistant coach, defensive line and co-defensive coordinator, co- co- coordinator with the Vikes. So he certainly knows everything there is to know about that defensive personnel. I have to believe that it will help the Giants somewhat. But the thing is, it's still execution. Let's not kid ourselves. To me, because the Vikings can score so quickly – the Giants are going to need to get a couple of takeaways, and they're going to have to control the ball with the run, the short pass. If you want to take some big shots, okay, fine. But those are the kinds of things they're going to have to do. And then on the other side, prevent the explosive quick score plays. 
They do that, they can win this game. Yep. And it, it, there is a path to victory here. It would not be a monumental upset if the Giants win this game. No, I don't. I don't think so. When you when you look at these two teams on paper, you would think, okay, the Vikings are going to run away with this because how much they can do in their record and all that, and, and all the guys they got on offense, all the guys they got on defense. But at the end of the day, the Giants have won a lot of close games this year. They've been in all basically all the games they played in this year was close. And yeah, I like Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter because he's leading the league in comebacks in the fourth quarter. But Daniel Jones is right behind him. Oh, yeah. Daniel Jones has done a tremendous job at crunch time. And this year, when you watch Daniel Jones, that drive before the half, and we all talk about it, the 18-play drive that took up more than half. 97 yards. 97 yards. And and the fourth and nine completion of Richie James, like that is a game, a season-changing uh, organization changing and defining type of drive and I think having that confidence going into this game bodes very well for the New York Giants especially the receivers that were basically a part of that drive like a Richie James have them have that confidence because look we didn't like Richie James halfway through the season because we know he lost the game for the New York Giants. The two fumbles he had against Seattle, yeah, right, Seattle. against Seattle. So we weren't really feeling him right but now we love him now because we watched what he did last week. But that's the thing. He's feeling the same way about himself, I would think, too. And now he has that confidence to go into this next game. You combine that with, with Hodgins. He's been doing very well this year for the Giants. And then also Slayton, who's been making some big plays this year. I would just like to see the Giants put it all together. I think Bellinger is one of the better tight ends, especially younger tight ends in the league, that can do some damage. And I love to see the offense just go ahead and spread that ball around a little bit and let Daniel Jones spin. I said it last week on the show when I was sitting here with Schmelke. I was like, "Let get the ball into Daniel Jones' hands. And it's not always about him passing the ball. It's him running the ball as well. And then having those RPOs where he has the option to either hand off to the best player on the Giants, which is Saquon Barkley, mm -hmm. keep it, throw to one of your receivers right away, or then tuck it. And he's been very decisive about the RPOs and decision-making that he's been doing throughout this year. And that's why the Giants have had so much success on offense. I think it's pretty safe to say, more often than not, a guy like Cousins will throw for more yards and more touchdown passes than Daniel Jones will on any given week. Yeah. But you know what? Cousins is also going to make a lot more mistakes than Daniel Jones will. Yep, because I think he's 24 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, which is a little more than 2-1. to one. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Jones is 12-4, and four, mm -hmm. which is 3-1. to one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There's going to be opportunities for the defense to make some plays, not only to get him down on the ground because he holds the ball a little bit longer than most quarterbacks, but he also throws some errant passes. And it's like, what? <laughs> you watched it last week. I'm like, just like, what are you mm -hmm. doing? The pick hey, six was horrible. That's why Washington moved on from him. Right. Okay, because right. They, they couldn't tolerate those every once in a while mistakes. Yep, yep. You but know? this Vikings team – for some somehow some way they've kind of overcame those mistakes and they have a, a winning record they possess that number two seed and look if the Giants would go ahead and beat them they're not going to be the two seed that much longer I don't think so I think we talked about San Fran kind of mm -hmm. maybe leapfrogging them Fran, which is possible San Fran and Philly are the best which is teams possible the yeah 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 which, which is possible but let's be real about this we're not worried about nobody else and the only reason we're about the Vikings is because they're in the way that's right there you go uh, and and you know what I don't know if John listens to our archive, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Giants are going to get five sacks Sunday. So if that's, like an, that. over, if that's an over-under like question, that. I'm telling you, they're Let's getting five. It. Let's do it. They're getting five, like and that. they may even get more than five. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay? And how many of them, how many of them 
are going to be forced fumbles. Right. How many are going to be strip route. sacks? Just like that, something, to keep, just something to keep in mind. I hear you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ralph from Florida, you're next on BBKL. Hello, Ralph. Hey, guys. Just want to say happy holidays to both you, of you too. guys and your families. Thank you. Happy holidays. Hey, question, Jonathan. I know your last name, Casillas, is a Spanish name. I always wanted to know, what ethnicity are you? I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. Yep, my mom. Oh, goodness. Boricua to the heart. I knew it. You look like a Boricua. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was telling Paul he's a he's an honorary Boricua because he did the salsa dance. Even yeah, though he did. He said it was horrible, but he tried. You can't mess up a salsa dance. <laughs> I, be- I no, believe Schmel called it the marinara. The mar- <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, no, listen up. I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And to me, I just think this is great a great challenge in front of you. Playing a team that's well, you know, 10 and, 10 and 3 for a reason. They, they win a lot of close games, but they're still 10 and 3. Beating a team like this will give this team so much confidence. Rolling, even if they if they get into the playoffs, which most likely they will, just going into the playoffs with a confidence booster like this, winning on the road again, making them feel like you know what we can win any game at any time at any place. They've done it all year. They've been. I think their road record is amazing this year, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but Ralph, Ralph, let me let me add something else to that mix. There's a real chance that the Giants and Vikings could even play in the playoffs yeah, once they exactly, get that far. Exactly, there could exactly. be a rematch. So exactly. how much how much good would it do Big Blue if they hand it to Minnesota now? Why not? Right. Why not? Hey, listen, to me, like, and, and, and as far as, like, you guys have mentioned Kenny Galladay, to me, you know, I'm, I'm bothered, too, that he – it's like a baseball player, Paul. You always talk about baseball analogies. You can't do nothing if you don't get that bat. You know. know what I'm saying? I know. To me – Get him at bat. You, I mean, I, I understand maybe Dave got whatever he feels about him, but you know what? He's too talented not to give him attempts. I mean, Daniel Jones, to me, find him. <laughs> throw the ball. See what he could do. Go get it. Like, throw it up in the air. You know what? Let's throw it as a, a third and ten. You know what? Send Galladay on the sideline. Throw him a jump ball. Go get it. Go get it. I hear you, Even man. that, whatever, you know, it could be a punt kind of pass, or it could be just he drops it or whatever. He can't get it to punt. But at the end of the day, Give him some attempts because he will be huge going down the stretch. Huge going down the stretch for us. And as far as the defense, listen, at the end of the day, the defensive line is starting to show what we were all been waiting for. They're finally healthy. They're finally all together. And I, you know what game, like you said yesterday, Paul, the person I think is going to have a huge game this game is Leonard Williams. He might have one of those two-and-a-half, three-game sacks this week because he's going to destroy that rookie left guard. He, I mean, right guard. He's going to destroy him. He should. I've seen him play. He's going to destroy him. And Ojalari coming around the corner, like you said, five sacks, 
That'll be a nice time, but I think they get more than five. And I just think they turn them over, and that's going to be the key to the game. Get the turnover, win the turnover battle, keep the, keep the possessions, attack, attack, attack. Don't give up. Like, this is a problem that I don't like about the Giants sometimes. Like, even on, 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 on last Sunday, you get the lead, and we're trying to protect the lead. No, forget you get the lead, let's get more points. Let's keep attacking. Let's keep doing what we're doing. All right, Ralph. Let's Rob. not change anything. All right, guys, enjoy your holiday. Thank yes, you, you so too. Much. Thanks right. for the call. Real quick, Kayvon Thibodeau. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. We know about the 12 tackles. We know about the strip sack, the scoop and score. I thought that night, and I told this to Lance Meadow on the first game I know what you're going to say. You know, you know what I'm going to say. That tackle. The tackle the at the one-yard line, <laughs> to me, was the most impressive play of his night. It wasn't the strip sack and the scoop and score. It was the tackle at the one. And I'm so glad that Wink Martindale then raised that issue yesterday to the writers because... You know, I think it, it went over their heads until he brought it back up. On that play, I was down at the seven-yard line in that end zone. And on that play, he was covering Logan Thomas. Yep, it was a zone man. blitz. Yeah, but he and was he locked had, on to him, though. He had a man-to-man -man mm -hmm. in the end zone. And then Heineke sees that the, the, the opening along the right sideline takes off. And Thibodeau, who while he's covering Thomas, has the wherewithal... Yep to turn his head, see the quarterback is taken off. He breaks off of his coverage and, like a missile, shoots over to the pylon and nails the quarterback at the one. And I'm going to tell you something. He was like a bolt of lightning. I thought that was the most impressive play of the night, not the strip sack and the scoop and score. You're a linebacker. Tell me about Look, it. Look, that, that was very impressive, but come on. More than the strip sack, I do. fumble, recovery, touchdown, I do. somersault, flip afterwards? I do. I do. Can I go 1A, 1B? Can we do that? Yeah, you can do that. Okay, go 1A, 1B. You can do that. No, but I agree with you. Look, I've been in coverage plenty of times in my career. Yeah, you have. I was the cover linebacker, so I've been in situations like that. And it's a very tough, it's a thin line, because at the end of the day, uh, uh, Heineke did not break the line of scrimmage yet. No. So when he came out of coverage, it could have been really bad. It could have but, been. But, you know, sometimes when you just go ahead and make that decision and you just got to live with whatever happens, good things happen. We talked about thinking. When you think, that's when nothing happens. That's when you don't do anything. And if he would have actually thought about, should I stay here or not, Heineke would have walked into the end zone. There's no doubt about so it. So it was a tremendous play, an instinctual play, a play that somebody who is bound to make – hundreds of plays in this NFL league, and he's so young. That's just going to be one of the tank that we've going to remember for years to come. See, and that's where, okay, that's where, in a play like that, that's where the acceleration and the short 10-yard speed and quickness comes in. Mm, little combine right there. Okay, <laughs> right? That's where it comes in, all right? I don't care about Thibodeau's 40-yard dash. But I do care about his change of direction, his start-stop, and his acceleration in a 10-yard interval. D during this game, he showed he can play defensive line, linebacker, and that was a safety defensive back type it of It really play. was. He used. He it played really all three positions, basically. It really was. He played all three positions. See, now you know why that's 1A? Game. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that's I just, not 1A. It's I just, 1B. I know. It's 1B. I, come on. I just backed you into it. All right, let's go back to the phones. Ralph, you're on line one, and you're next on BBKL. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's going on? It's awesome that you guys got the video now. It's really fun seeing you guys now. <laughs> okay. Um, Thank all right, you. So what I want to talk about real quick is um, number one. 
Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, our defense, awesome. They uh, did awesome. And if we play mistake-free football against um, the Vikings, we definitely have a chance of uh, beating them. Um, I just don't like that everyone keeps comparing Parsons to um, um, Lawrence Taylor. He's a giant. Lawrence Taylor's a giant. Parsons is a cowboy. If you're going to compare someone, Kayvon Thibodeau. No, 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 there is no comparison, period. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I agree with you. Thank I agree you. with you. Just, I agree. And one more thing. As, as far as Kenny Galladay, because everybody talking about Kenny Galladay, he came here to be our 50-50 guy. That's what he came here for. Right. He came here to, he came here to be the next Pascal Burris. He came here to be the, the next Amani Toomer. Um, I don't know if you guys have the stats, but every 50-50 ball that was thrown to him was knocked out of his hand. You're, you're supposed to be this guy. When we throw you the ball, you're supposed to get it. You're just not getting it. Uh, I'm sorry. And even I, I went to all the dry training camp. Even at training camp, you dropped the ball. I was like, he just he, he's bad. I'm sorry. He just can't catch the ball. I hope they play him in the Vikings. I hope he does good. But I don't see him being here next season. I can tell you that much. I understand. Appreciate the phone call. Um, when you look, but well, when you look at Kenny Galladay, right, and and he's actually f- the most familiar person on his team to this this Vikings this Vikings uh, defense. He's played them five times because he's played them so many times, and I'm pretty sure I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's had some success. Uh, I believe against it's 18 them. catches for like 240 yards. Damn, you're good in five Paul. games. You're good. I look this you're stuff good, up, man. man. I'm on top of it. You're good. Well, he has some familiarity with them. He's played in that stadium before. So, you know, maybe he, you know, takes a big step this week and helps the Giants with maybe two, three catches Got to get week. snaps first, though, Jonathan. Yeah, he got to get snaps. And they're not even giving him the snaps anymore. Yeah. That's I why I, I'm – this is a – look, somebody get put, Inspector Colombo here because it's a mystery that I cannot solve. Yeah. Okay? That's just, that's just the way it is. I, I know. I know from talking to Dave's – so now Dave's – Dave's <laughs> – did I tell you? So last was a Tuesday. I was here. I, I saw it, him I grab you. Show. Yes, yes. Yes, I so saw that. I was leaving. I had to go to rehab, I, saw that. I think. I'm, I'm coming from Achilles in case you guys are like, rehab, JC's in rehab. <laughs> rehab my Achilles, Please guys. Please be careful. Please be real careful with that. So I was walking out of the cafeteria. I was finishing up, and Dayball was coming into the cafeteria. He was like, JC, we had lunch last week? I, was I like, saw him grab I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, come on. I'm like, coach, I just ate. He was like, JC, you got to sit down for me for at least one minute. And I didn't, I didn't realize at first. And I'm thinking like, oh, he's superstitious. He likes to do the same thing over and over again, especially if he has some success. And so now I'm locked in. Now I gotta okay. eat, I gotta eat lunch with Dave at least once a week, especially if we get this win this week. He's got the goatee still going. Yes. Which, by the way, nobody likes. Yep. Including his family. But he ain't changing it because they won. Not changing it. And and. I had answered his question for requests for music at practice, for the music mix. I had suggested Journey, Don't Stop Believing, way back in training camp. So he broke it out when they were in London before the Green Bay game. And they won. Okay. Hadn't had it out since. Broke it out last week. Uh, And they won. Yep. So you're going to hear that all week. Uh, At practice yesterday, Don't Stop Believing. There you go. There you go. Uh, he's, it is what it he's is. He's like that, though. I didn't realize he was like that. I've, I've sat with him a, a couple times now, brief conversations with him before I sat with, down with lunch with him. And he's like that. You know, he's like, whatever I'm doing that works, That's it. I'm going to continue to do that. 
And that's a great thing to have because at the end of the day, it's very hard to win in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be relevant at this time of the year. And look, they're winning games later in the year, and they have the their whole future in their hands. So you want to make sure you do everything right. No stone goes unturned. No, so if no. it takes me eating with Dayball when he says JC could be with me, I got you, Giants. I got y'all, Giants now, Nation. There, all right. There is a little downside to the song. Daniel Jones does not like the song. Oh come on! He what? Does. And there's a reason for they it. didn't play that in Duke. In That's college? the problem. Duke was not very good when Daniel Jones was there. He said they played that song too much, so much <laughs> every fourth quarter. They would play the song at Duke to the point where he got so sick and tired of it, especially since Duke didn't win very many games. But we're not in Duke no more, bro. You're not in college. You've been in the league for a while now. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going against a tremendous defensive front when they want to be. Well, you better believe. This. You if better the believe. the song helps them win here, he'll start liking it a lot more. I think so. You have to. Yeah. Because Dave's going to make them do it. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt. Oh, they win this week. It will be playing next week before the Colts game. I guarantee it. Terrence, you're on line two. Thanks for joining us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing today? Hi, very well. Merry How Christmas. are you? Good you too. Man, thank you. Oh, uh, Doing all right. Just wanted to say it was a good game uh, against Washington. Just, just good? Just good? Yeah. That's it? No great game? No, it wasn't a great game. They didn't beat them 42 to 15. Hey, a win's a win. A win's a win, okay? A win's a win. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it's, it's a win. Yeah, I called last week about how Saquon had been dancing from um, Seattle through Philadelphia, but he wasn't dancing against Washington. Every step was a positive first step, and that was really cool. He feels was, healthier than he has in a long time, and it was a, it was a major factor and his uh, assertiveness, as we could say. Now, I was looking over the weekend for Roy and Bedica, and then finally yesterday I looked all the way at the end to all the transactions and saw see that he got terminated by us. Did he? What happened there? Was he homesick? Because I had some offensive ideas that we should have used him as a tight end instead of an offensive tackle. Because his first two sports in his life were basketball and uh, soccer. So he was used to catching balls. Who, who? Who? I'm sorry. Who? Who are you talking about again? Roy Embedica, the uh, the guy. Oh that no, 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 no! Listen, listen. He is a he, project. He was an international project who has been. Yeah, I know that. But he's been up and down like a yo-yo on the practice squad, then off, then on, then off, then on, they're off. Right now, the Giants are in a position where they're trying to get all hands on deck to try to do what they can do to get the best record possible to make the playoffs. At this oh, okay, moment so in time, oh, I, I'm telling you, they they will plan on having him back during the offseason, and they'll bring him back to camp again next summer. As far as I know, that's the plan. But right now, they, 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 they can't, they can't. I don't want to say waste time, but they don't have time to give to a young developmental player who's really a redshirt player. He can't help them right now. Okay, I see. I, that's all. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. Why not use him as a tight end? No, 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 experiment at this 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 juncture of the season. Too much to lose. And the thing is, and we talked about Landon earlier, and me and Landon had a conversation the day the day he found out he was going to play against the Commanders. I met him on the walkout when the players are walking out. I seen him, and he told me he was going to play, and I was like, "Bro, why haven't you been playing?" And basically, he was like, "You know, I think they wanted to play the guys that 
I think he they trust it more. I'm kind of like not really saying what he told me exactly, right. but that's what I got from that. And that's what you do as a coach. You play guys that you trust. When I was here in 2015, I didn't play middle linebacker. But because Spags trusted me, he made me play middle linebacker. Right. I didn't want to play middle linebacker. I, look, I didn't want to wear a dot on my head. Just not. I'm not. I wasn't scared of it. I just wasn't used to it. And to get thrown in like that in the middle of the season, you don't do that. So that's the point I'm trying to make. You don't throw a guy in this late in the season that you question or you you're just basically it's basically an experiment. He's got very little football background. Right. You don't do very, that. This very very little. You don't no. do that this late. You can't no. do it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't play do the it. guys that you trust. That's, that's what, what you, you do right do. now. Mm-hmm. He he will be back. He will be back inside the building at some point during this offseason, and they'll okay. give him more of a chance to develop. You're going to see if he's a guy or not. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513. We've got time for one more quick call. If we can get one more in, we'll try to do it. Pearson, let us know if we can. Uh, in the meantime, remember, the game is Saturday at 1 o'clock, obviously Christmas Eve, uh, so that's why they're not playing on Sunday. Uh, Giants will be heading out to Minnesota tomorrow. Don't know how the travel plans may be impacted by the storm, but uh, nonetheless, we'll get out there and we'll be under the confines of the friendly roof and we'll have ourselves a pretty darn good football game. Uh, let's go back to the phones. And John from Cape Cod, you're next on the program. Good afternoon, Paul, Jonathan. Merry Christmas. And you too. Happy Merry New Christmas. Year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great comments about the rest the Washington game and the Viking game. You know, it's, just a couple of quick things, and I'll pass the mic back. Uh, if you look at Cousins' postseason record, you'll see why the Giants have got a chance because his record against better-class teams is terrible. And you're right, he's going to make some mistakes this weekend, especially if they get after him. Uh, the other thing is they finally got Landon back in the lineup and the big thumpers back in the middle. And the final thing is, you know, I can remember 2000, nobody was much picking the Giants with Terry Collins when the Vikings came in leading the league in scoring. 41 nothing Took one of the biggest beatings in their history. So hope springs eternal, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for the call, John. You know, I will say this, Jonathan, and – It's funny, when I looked at the Minnesota stat line, the interesting part here is that Philadelphia held them to seven points, Washington held them to 20 points, and Dallas held them to three points. Those three games are the only games this year where this Vikings offense has been held under 21 points in a game. And all three were NFC East teams. Is there a karma here for the fourth NFC East team to hold them under 21? I would love that to be. I would love that to be, for sure. This is, look, we, we know what this offense is very much capable of. We want to keep them on that under 20-point mark, for sure. That'd be great. I don't see it happening, but it'd be great. Well, yeah. I mean, if they get five sacks and a couple of forced fumbles, that could definitely be a possibility, Paul. Yeah, it could for help. Sure. You know, the shame of it is, you look at how the Colts dominated that first half, and yet... Uh, the Vikings never just, seen anything like that. No, no, seen anything and, and, and like it's that. because the Vikings have guys who can make explosive plays in the blink of an eye. Yep. That's the problem. Yep. yep. Justin Jefferson, 
I don't think he is possibly the best receiver. I think he's undoubtedly the best wide receiver. You would take game. him over Chase. Man, look, man, he came back from the game. When I he know. came back because he was out, and then I KJ know. was kind of getting his thing going on, the Osborne kid. I probably would too, but I really like You like Chase. Chase. I, know I really you do. like Jamar Chase. But, man, when I – like, because, look, I, I watch him. You know, he's on my fantasy team. I get you. He's on my fantasy team, so I see his numbers every week. But then I watched him come back after being hurt, going into the tent twice. He took a shot that I've seen guys get knocked out from, mm -hmm. lose the ball. He took a shot. Uh, Steph Gilmore, from, right? from Gilmore, yes, yes from Gilmore. Did. Yes, he did. Man, and he got up and still played well after that. The guy's a gamer. Mm -hmm. He's 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 the most dangerous player I think in the NFL. And how the NFL is now, this is why I think the Giants need a big dog at wide receiver. Because if you look at all of the offenses that are doing, you know, great numbers this year, besides maybe maybe San Francisco, they all have an elite number one receiver. Right. And then if you subtract that elite number one receiver from an offense, Green Bay, Tennessee, they struggle. Right. So you have to do a good job in defending Justin Jefferson. You can't let him tear us up. You cannot allow him to do that. Because the reason why the Vikings can win, excuse me, the reason why the Vikings have won so many games is because of Justin Jefferson. Not Kirk Cousins, not Dalvin Cook, not Thielen. Mm -hmm. It's because of Justin Jefferson. The Giants have to do a good job defending him. You can't allow him to get going. You can't allow him to. And when that stadium is crazy, you can't hear nothing in that stadium. You can't allow Justin Jefferson to make them just explode because he's very capable of doing that. Uh, no doubt about that. All right, I will see you again, my friend, or at least talk to yep. you on Saturday, uh, 11.30, with the Giants pregame show on the Giants mobile app and, of course, on WFAN right here in New York. Uh, we certainly look forward to uh, you guys joining us for coverage. In the meantime, Big Blue Kickoff Live will be back tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time for another one hour of Giants discussion. But for now, you can always catch this episode uh, on uh, the Giants Archive as part of the Giants platforms everywhere for podcasts and Giants.com slash podcasts if you still need to get onto the website to find the show. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm Paul Tatino. Everybody have a wonderful holiday and enjoy the game on Saturday. Merry Christmas. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.